Joanne and welcome to Simon and Joe's Foodcast. We are two friends with a deep love of cooking, baking, eating and drinking. And I'm Simon and we really want to hear from you, including what you want to hear from us. You can get in touch with us by emailing simonandjoefoodcast at hotmail.com. Find us on Twitter at simonjoefoodcast. You can also leave a cheeky little voicemail on our Skype voicemail. Just call us, simonandjoefoodcast at hotmail.com and leave us a question at a voicemail or whatever you want to say share anything with us you like you know generally food don't, yeah you know, anything foodies arts. anything <laughs> foodies we want to hear about it <laughs> this week we are talking about a really sensitive subject we are talking about weight that's weight gain weight loss how our diet affects that and all the kind of various factors that affect how we eat what we eat and the motivations and those those sort of things. So we're going to be talking a little bit about our own story because Joe, we've been talking about this for a while. Haven't we, in terms of kind of like yeah. we keep going, we must do this on the foodcast, and <laughs> we just haven't really got around to it yet because we've been too busy talking about truffles and shop. <laughs> yeah, too many occasions. <laughs> I know there's too many occasions. We've actually kind of run out of you know Mother's Day, Fate, Easter, Christmas, all that shebang. So and don't forget the award-winning lemon curd as well. And the award-winning Levin Kerr. Thank you very much. <laughs> Joey is available for after-dinner speaking. <laughs> I can speak anywhere. <laughs> it's my job for That's a That's why we do a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're a trainer, aren't you? So, you know, it's sort of in the uh, job, job description. Joe, do you want to tell us a little bit about your your weight journey? I suppose, um, I mean, my weight has always been a problem, even from a childhood. And I think a lot of it, and it was always very um, a focus of attention, particularly by my grandmother as well. Oh, and, really? yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, my, and all I ever heard my, my grandmother and my great aunt um, talk about was um, about them putting on weight and putting off weight. So it has been a real thing. And of course, mm. I've always been, I, I, I went through a very slim stage, I think when I was 14 and that was about the only time I was really <laughs> really slim but um but then you know it used to be things like oh have you lost weight Joanne and oh, I'm like yeah, yeah. well actually you know full well I have not because I put it on <laughs> you know <laughs> so, it's like, so yeah it's just on? no yeah no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's always been an issue so I think um, when I was about 27 by that time I had both the boys and mm. um, and I was thinking you know I was absolutely I was like I think I was size 28 at the time and mm. I just thought to myself I do not want to look like this when I'm 30 so I did I, I went on I, I went on a weight loss um, I did yeah. it by myself I just looked up the calories and I, I, I did everything myself but what I also did was I went to um, aerobics twice a week and step class once a week so that helped me along the way so and in fact I lost I I lost a lot of weight in about 14 months I lost that seven and a half stone yeah I kept it off for about four ten years so Mm. when I was 30 40 no maybe more 15 years and then it started gradually coming back on and uh and it literally just crept up on me and that's really because i took my eye off the ball i mean i was never obsessive Mm. but uh, i took my eye off the ball and then um i started another uh i started uh with a another job and i was in a good place and i thought i want to lose weight and i actually lost three and a half stone four and a half stone i can't remember how much yeah but covid and ice cream machine later and uh 
uh-huh. and no self-control, I popped it all back on. I mean, I was so confident when I lost was, lost the weight last time. I even studied um, nutrition and mm. uh, weight uh, weight transformation. Started up a little business, to, you know, doing one-to-ones with oh, wow. people. Actually, I, I mean, I started off with a few and then sort of it petered out. It wasn't something that sort of um, yeah. uh, lit the skies or anything. But look, I did, I mean, I helped uh, a few people lose weight. I, I wouldn't be in the position to do that now because I popped it all back on again. And um, yeah. um, I'm, I've been living with Bob since, oh, last November. And we've been together for, for about 10 years. Anyway, yeah. 10 years this year. So we've only just, so that, yeah, I did my apprenticeship, I thought. So, you know. <laughs> but it is a lot harder to lose weight when you're with someone. A yeah, I I kind of get that. I find it's it's hard to lose weight with kids yeah, for a number well, of reasons. That's when I did lose my weight, and uh, one of the hints I gave myself, or I saw in a, a magazine, was like if the children left anything, I would put washing up liquid on it so I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> that genuinely is one of my problems. Like you know, we both hate food waste. Yeah, can't bear it. No, I can't stand to see that go in the bin. But actually, sometimes that is the way to do it. I mean, from my experiences, what I have learned is that you you can do weight loss, but you can't do it without exercise and that's my problem is that I don't I'm not going out enough to do uh, you know I went for a walk with um, my sister and her two dogs and I came back absolutely invigorated it was just such a good thing to you know I felt good and I just feel that I need it's just getting uh, you know that motivation to yeah as well as losing the weight um, I, I think the two do go hand in hand but what's interesting when I did um, did do the studying of the nutrition um this going on a diet thing okay whatever you eat is a diet right so you know it depends so i think the word diet alone is is a bit of a there's i think there's a difference between diet and a diet right if you're saying you're going on a diet as opposed to what is your diet like? Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a whole of difference just by adding that single letter, isn't there? There is, there is, and also I think you know that you're absolutely correct. So if you're if you're on a weight loss diet, then yeah, you you know you get a fair idea of what that that entails. But um, I'm going on a diet. Well, you're on a diet because you're eating. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're, you're you know a, you're... you've got to consider what your diet is and whether it's suitable for you. So yeah. And I mean, sometimes I do eat for the sake of eating. Just as simple as that. I, I'm, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for it. And, you know, and I'm sure other people do as well, you know, particularly if I'm bored. And I've got no one mm. no one else to blame but myself for that. I had a similar moment in my mid-twenties at my when Theo was just a baby. I was at my cousin's wedding and there were pictures of me. I couldn't see my neck. Right. Uh, at that point, I kind of just went, yeah. Uh, I, I think I was about 15 and a half, 16 stayed at that point. Oh, I'm not a tall guy. I'm not a short guy, but I'm not a yeah. tall one either. And I went, you know what, actually a little bit of weight will, will not do me any problem. Mm. I kind of got down to about 12 and a half, 13 stone. Oh, and I've never gone beyond that 13 and a half. But no. it, I think actually since the pandemic began, there's been a couple of things that have fed into eating. And actually the thing that, that really helped me um, lose weight were the Hairy Dieters books because they were easily repeatable. And actually it's, it's weird. At the same time as I got into doing losing into weight loss and, and losing weight and being healthier in the way I eat mm. was when I started really get becoming a proper foodie. Yeah. Um, and people say, you know, how do you, how do you be a foodie and lose weight? And actually I said, I think actually they're mutually beneficial. 
Mm, um, mm. Because you understand what you're eating, you understand what you're cooking, you understand how to get the flavour. And, and um, mm. the Harry Bikers have a wonderful phrase, which I love. I love saying it: is um, there's no calories in spice. And actually, you know, if you're, it's it's getting maximum flavour with as few calories as possible. Yeah. Um, I didn't do a lot of exercise during no. that time, actually. Partly, because I don't don't like getting sweaty. Um, so the sports that I really enjoy are swimming, where sweat doesn't really matter, and cycling. I couldn't do the aerobics yeah. and things the second time round. I tried and I ended up wishing the hour away and I thought, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to ask myself a question, am I actually hungry? And most of the time it's like, actually, um, I'm thirsty. Or yeah, 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 yeah. You common, know what, you can yeah. feel when you're overeating um, mm. and it's, it's a horrible kind of pain. But I found it very stressful in the pandemic, partly because I've got three young children and my wife works nights and particularly actually since Amy went back to work it's been really hard so particularly when she's doing kind of consecutive weekends Mm. and there is no respite you know people can't come and see you you can't go and see people no that's right you know and actually food just become basically your only friend I mean I like to eat I like I like the whole thing of eating so I will Mm. try and get as much as I can on a plate for so many calories so say for 300 calories or something like that if it was a dinner and um, that would um, that that I would do or try and get something as uh, get something that would satisfy me for as few calories as possible and I, I quite enjoyed that challenge I mean I've been living on um, oats and yogurt and uh, frozen berries for breakfast and, um, mm. and you know in winter I sometimes go for porridge but uh, yeah in the summer it's lovely and uh, and actually summertime for me is an easier time for, to do um, weight loss anyway because I do enjoy peaches and nectarines grapes and um, and so on so uh, you know and of course you've got the salady thing things as well and uh, yeah but but i think in the winter you can do wonderfully hearty stews that are are brilliant but actually highly veg centered mm. with with good stocks in and you maybe just don't put a load of dumplings in it yeah <laughs> lose the dumplings <laughs> yeah i this this was the thing i found really hard is not you know don't eliminate carbs but if that's where you're getting most of your calories in mm. then yeah do that trim down fat off meat um like particularly if you're doing things you know yeah. out of a pork chop so you know but equally, I think it's, you know, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. You've got the Eat Well Guide, um, you know, because um, you do need nutrients. Uh, I mean, you need a minimum amount of nutrients just to have your have your bodily functions working, such as your gut, your uh, heart beating and all those kind of things. It's what you eat afterwards and whether you whether you expel that energy that you consume. In, in, in a form of activity or something so so that you know it's it's generally generally speaking you're eating more than you actually need and that's what puts the get weight gain and that's not to say in every case because there yeah. are there are conditions such as thyroid um it's a balancing equation isn't it effectively yeah. is that if you put weight on is you're used to putting in more energy than you are actually expending mm. you lose weight if you're expending more energy than you're consuming that is then subject to all the endocrine processes and all the uh, metabolisms that people have. I've got mm. a friend called Neil. Mrs. Lee does do a very active job. He's this tree surgeon. He spends all his day up a tree, cutting trees down, basically. Oh, he right. doesn't always do that. However, he is literally as thin as a rake. You know, he turns sideways and you're like, oh, where's Neil gone? Yeah. Um, he's just, he's that, he's that kind of Victoria Beckham. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. absolute bastard. How are you still, you know, thin after eating... 500 McDonald's in a single sitting. No, he doesn't do that. But uh, uh, he's, he's really looking. You know, some people's metabolisms will be fine with that. Mm. But you're right with the endocrine stuff. It, it can be really hard. And you know, and that disadvantages a lot of people as well. 
Mm. They lose metabolism. Is you know they can do as much exercise as like and just not lose things. Yeah. I mean, I've I've not really been particularly active since having COVID or something that was incredibly like COVID. Mm-hmm. And then the weather, and then you know not actually yeah, able to get out yeah. on my bike because family circumstances means I can't. So. No. <sighs> But then that's stressful and then it kind of you end up eating more and then you become yeah, more depressed. It's, it's a bit of a cycle, isn't it? Yeah. The biggest thing is is that you lose weight for you. I've I've known lots of people who have um who've uh, said uh, if I lose the weight by then or they have an occasion they want to get into a particular yeah. dress. But you know, sometimes incentives don't work. Everything has to be in the right the right place. Even the planets have to be aligned. You know, in the right place. It, you know, for me, both times that I lost weight, I was in a good place. I was financially okay, and uh, you know, um, the family were fine, and so on. I think, uh, to be fair, the only thing that wasn't fine was mum. But at the time, you know, she, there was not a lot I can do about that. And mm. but everything else was sort of on an even kill. And it's one of those things again. I thought, oh, you know, I really don't want to look like this. And uh, and I'm saying the same to my to myself again. But I'm not ready. I, I will do it when I'm ready. And uh, and I won't do it for because of something or um, because of someone. I will do it because that's it, it's going to it's the right time for me. So and I won't do it for an occasion either. So it has to be the right time for me. I think you do. I think one of the things that could be really hard for is when you said this as well when you're cooking for yourself actually it's fairly easy when you're cooking for other people it can be really hard and I've mm, got you know mm. you know if I'm cooking something for me who's doing something in the evening or Amy who's got to get out on the night shift and I've got to cook Freddie will sometimes have what we have sometimes not and my my eldest who um loves kind of beige food you know if you've got to see it so you end up eating like you know end up cooking two or three meals which is knackering of itself I mean, at the end of the day you can just think you know what's great I'll just have a pizza mm. um it's difficult because you end up putting your part of your mental health first but you know it will come back and hit you i used to have lots of um inquiries and they and a couple of them says i don't know if i need you or a psychiatrist and I said, well, you know, I always said to them, I'm, I'm, I, I help you to lose weight. I'm not a counsellor. Yeah. Go to a counsellor. If they think that you'll be happy to lose weight, then come to me. I don't think it's a chicken or egg situation, is it? It's no, no, a case no. of you'll find it much, much harder to lose weight if you're feeling, if your mental health is not Absolutely. as it should be. But you'll also find it easier to recover your mental health if you're doing yeah. taking action to lose weight as well and it it's amazing how motivational it is when you see the scales dropping mm, mm. do you have like a favorite dieting dish like or not dieting but you know a favorite low calorie dish that you turn to when you think i just want something well, comforting that isn't gonna pile on the pound yeah funny enough i never used to do breakfast <laughs> Until this time round when I did the dieting, I have three dessert spoons of porridge oats and I put um, a small uh, thing of yogurt. I usually use lemon, Muller, Muller light lemon. And then I put 100 grams of of mixed berries. Well, I mix the yogurt and the um, porridge together and then I, I put the berries on top. And then I put it in the fridge overnight and then I've got breakfast and I take it with me uh, to work because I cannot eat at six in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning. But funny enough, I'm absolutely starving by eight and I've never since the age of 12, I had not eaten breakfast. I actually weighed everything. I know it's not everyone's ideal, but... No, no, I think it's a really good habit to get into, particularly with carbs, you know, particularly if you're doing things like, you know, actually weigh out what a 50 gram portion of rice looks like. 
So each week, dear listeners, we ask you to ask us what ingredients you'd love us to recommend the best thing to do with. Um, you haven't this week, you <laughs> mangy curs. So we are going to look at the humble banana. Oh, we are. Um, which I think probably kind of after flour went out of stock right at the beginning of the pandemic. So everyone went, let's make banana bread because we're not middle class enough to make sourdough. Um <laughs> So, Joe, you're going you're gonna to go first on this. What What do you think is the best thing that you can make with a banana? Well, anyone can make banana not bread. You. Banana bread. <laughs> is that the best you can do with banana? No, honestly, as long as bananas are not hot, I think that's the devil's food. Um, hot bananas, I can't bear them. But oh, um, okay. what I <laughs> but I've got this brilliant recipe actually, and um, it, it's from the BBC Food. Um, uh, food mm-hmm. website and it was actually given to me by um uh, bob's daughter one of her one oh, of right, his daughters yeah. and i have never turned back it's uh it's mashed bada- it's obviously you get your flour and your sugar and your um butter and everything but you add um not sour cream buttermilk to to the mixture oh yeah with yeah, the yeah. mash uh, with the mashed banana and everything and uh, basically you can put it in a loaf but what i do is i put them in muffin cases and i fill the muffin cases halfway up and then i put a bit of the uh, carnation caramel sauce in the middle so butter a, a, a good dollop like a teaspoon because it's lush yeah, and then i yeah, top yeah. with uh, with more um, of the uh, banana cake batter i then what i do is i make a very small um crumble okay mm-hmm. and then i put that on top only just a sprinkling and so when they rise you sort of got a little bit of crumble at top and i mean literally is sort of like crackle on top so you're not putting loads on and uh, and then you oh you just eat into it and you just got this loveliness of banana and caramel but um i know it's a cliche but banoffee um banoffee tart i oh, use no 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 you're not nicking mine all right oh you're is that yours yes. right which well, recipe do you use because i use gary Rhodes recipe i don't you know what i've never made a banoffee pie you've never um, made one no because it sits in that list of things which if I made, I would eat all of. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore don't. Um, if it's there, if it's on a menu, yes. Mm. And very occasionally, like, you know, if we're a, you know, a supermarket. So what's your birthday, interpretation banoffee of uh, of banoffee pie? Right. So I- I'm guessing you want to start off with whether you have like a cheesecake base mm. or a proper pastry. Okay. So which one do you have? I don't really care. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I honestly don't. I think for me, I'd be quite happy as a weird mashup as a, a cheesecake base. But with banoffee pie, I don't really think. I mean, it's a, a whole mix of flavours. I think it's like an eaten mess. Mm. Even if you know, it dropped it on the floor, put it in a cake tin, gave it a good shake like a cocktail, it would still <laughs> taste the same. Oh, it's and lovely, bloody isn't awesome! It? Yeah. And therefore, I don't really care what it like, how it looks, yeah. or how it is put together. As long as it tastes like a banoffee pie, and there is that combination of Banana and um, Dulce Gillette. I can never remember how you pronounce yeah. that. Dulce Leche. You know, it's a wonderful combination of banana and Dulce Leche. You okay. cannot go wrong with that. You've What's got to have topping? either topping. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, what do you put on top of the um, on top of the banoffee bit? I've, I've always had, like, open. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a tart, isn't it? Well, if you do it with a pastry, well, it's, it's a not, it's not pie. a pie. <laughs> Yeah, but we've had this conversation before, haven't we? <laughs> About eating pies. Yeah. 
for you, a pie is every, anything that's fully yeah, covered that's in pastry. Uh, that's true. Actually, yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, there are lots of pies, fish pies, not made out of pastry. Yeah, custard pies, slightly different. They're different types of pies. <laughs> if pay, if pastry is supposed to be top and bottom, then they should be top and bottom, not just on top. So, oh, I found, I think I sent it to you. I found the, uh, you know, I was saying about this uh, casserole with a bit of puff pastry on top. I think I found it. It was very pretty, but not for me. <laughs> but no, um, no, no. Gary for wrote... Those, for those of you who don't know, Joe has very, very strong uh, <laughs> opinions about pies and what constitute a pie. Uh, go back and listen to some of the previous episodes and, and you'll listen to her cantankerous rage. Um <laughs> I'll come close there. Right, Gary Rhodes. Back to Gary Rhodes. Back to Gary Rhodes. The, the, the late Gary Rhodes now, which is a bit of a shocker. Is he but, oh, of course he did, isn't he? Yes, Sorry. he did. Um, very suddenly that. as well. Mm. And um, so he has a pay, he has a recipe that um, it's a, a sweet sweet crust pastry. Then you've got your bananas and um, well, he in his recipe, I think you have to boil the condensed milk, which I used to do until it became caramel. But now you can just buy it, which is great. And then his is with a crumble on top, a nice thick crumble. And then you put it in, you cook it all together. Okay. And that is lush. I love that. I love, love, love it. And so much so because I also do mini tarts, mini tarts, like mini um, uh treacle tarts and uh, mm. and things like I do mini um, banoffee tarts so do you know what I think we're very well I'm actually I'm, I'm just googling banoffee pie and yeah. looking through the google images there are no pie lids in sight none at all no um, but, but let's say banoffee tart okay fine it, we're what, happy with that it? finish the following dish a lemon meringue tart pie <laughs> It's called a, a pie, Joe. Yeah, it's called the top think, of the you know, bottom. A, pie, a fish pie. Ah, oh, you see, that can't be a pie. Well, precisely. It, but I it, think it, the pie is actually <laughs> talking about, it's not about pastry, it's about having something covering over the top. Not no, necessarily about not actually going what's down underneath. This route. No, it's if you're it, wrong. a steak L pie should have a top and a bottom. But having said that, I'm actually um, I am actually teetering across to um, my kitchen cringe. <laughs> I thought well, of, hold, I thought hold, actually hold, I hold, 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 hold. <laughs> um, but no, for a banoffee pie, I would. I've had an interesting idea, which is to do like a. a a meringue top oh, yes. and blow torch it. Yeah. That'd be quite nice. Quite often people put um, cream on top. Actually, what I'd be interested to do is do, I've got a um, an ISO gun. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, an ISO gun is like, um, is, is because you use little compressed air cylinders to aerate the cream in there. Uh, you shake it up. Now, it's really important whenever you use this to ensure that before you empty it, that all the air has been removed from the cylinder. I've taken some very mix. Mm. And I had tried to make a nice kind of thick oozy foam from it. It got stuck because oh, I hadn't no. taken the seeds out. So of course the air can go out. I tried to take it off. And then... The cylinder was fine. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't pointing it at my face because it shot across <laughs> the kitchen and broke a glass. And then Amy heard this bang, heard me go ah, and walked into the kitchen as there's kind of this red berry juice. <laughs> like kind of blood splatter dexter style across the kitchen and um my wife very kindly repainted the ceiling um Um, it was that bad it was just 
Oh, it's what you know. What those moments where you look at the cleanup and you go, "Oh God." Um, <laughs> should I talk about what I think the best thing to do with bananas? Since you hijacked then. one of them, so I think the be- the other best thing to do, and it's a barbecue or campfire job, mm. and it is hot bananas. I'm sorry, mm. I know that's not something you're into. No, um, but there is more than uh, in the world than dreamt of in your philosophy, mm-hmm. and that is bananas and either stuffed with Mars bars. Ooh, because you know okay scout classic but also a couple of terms you could do actually take some crushed digestive put it in the middle with a little bit of uh dust shape effort to do like banoffee pie deconstructed banoffee pie on mm. a campfire in the middle of the banana or even something did you say lassie, deconstructed like, banoffee pie i did i did <sighs> it should have been constructed before it becomes deconstructed don't you agree okay so for those of you who <laughs> have only just tuned in and haven't listened to previous episodes. I may have ripped it out of show in a previous episode <laughs> right near the beginning about a deconstructed cottage pie and it not having been constructed in the first place. And Joe, with her very, very good memory, has remembered this yeah. and is now attempting to use it against me. But by telling you about this, dear listeners, I'm diffusing the situation. But yeah, I thought, you know what? Stuffing bananas or anything on a campfire that's sweet or molasses, mm. you know, like treacle or, um, or maple syrup or something like that. Uh, maybe a little bit of chocolate, maybe a little bit of chili, like a little, a little bit of paprika might go quite nice. So I just sprinkled in or some sumac mm. would be quite nice. So yeah, something like that. I, I, do, I do like warm bananas. I'm sorry. I know it. Not squashy. They've got to be warm no. rather than no. kind of like... I mean, I'll eat them, but mm. they don't float my boat, you know. But uh, my parents, and the boys remember this, used to do bananas in foil. They put chocolate on it, I think. And then they put rum over it. And then they put it on the barbecue. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. The Kitchen Cringe is the part of the show where we talk about the things that get on our nerves that happen in Mm. and around food and the kitchen and restaurants, cooking and all that sort of thing. So things we talked about previously are pilots. Um, and chopping boards and uh, over-enthusiastic chefs with foliage on plates. <laughs> um, so, Joe, what is your beef this week? Well, it is programmes like Blooming MasterChef and, um, you know, these people that judge food and all that kind of thing. They... <sighs> They do my heading. I'm sure they make the rules up as they go. They say, this is how food should be. Now, I know I just said about uh, pies having ha- having a top and a bottom, okay? So I kind of sort of know that I am going you over You just hoisted that. yourself on your own. I have. Car. However, however, that's just one thing. It's just that, you know, oh, it should be golden brown in the outside and crunchy in the middle and all this kind of palaver. And it's like, well, who says? Because they've just made up a dish. Who says it's got to be exactly like that, you know? And uh, they seem to have these set ideas. And it's so old school, you know? There's no room for improvisation or anything like that on these programs. And I think to myself, who says, who set that rule? You know, like risotto, you know, it, it should be al dente. Set who? You know, what is wrong with having risotto that's not al dente? There's nothing wrong with it if that's to your taste. 
But um, so it's, it's just things like that that really irritates me. You know, these people have produced food. It's how they would eat it, but it's wrong. Yeah, According to they, to John and Greg. Of all yeah, but they're judges. They're there to yeah, judge. But, yeah, but it's not that. I mean, if you, well, I mean. If you are judging, say, um, you, if you are judging food, say, let's say you have you're in a WI tent and you have um, you have a Victoria sandwich um, sort of contest, if you like, they always tell you the criteria of what they are looking for. Okay, so fair play. So they have now got a benchmark what they can judge the Victoria sandwiches on. Now, these programs, invention rounds, for example, how can you judge something that has no criteria? I don't watch a lot of shows like that. In fact, there's probably only one show each year that I watch, and that is The Great British Menu. Mm, um, and I haven't seen the that. Pre- I, yeah, well, it's, it's, I love that show. And I think one of the reasons that I got into it in the first place is A, they're very clearly. Link, they do little profiles with the chefs. They link them back to actually where they work and who, their career and things like mm. that. And they work with like, oh yeah, this guy was what we've done the Paul Rainsworth or whatever. Like, um, I I love that they bring it actually back. They make these people are, are real people who work incredibly hard. Mm. Um, but they also have themes, and you know they do some astonishing cooking. But also the judges tend to be um, a mix. So. You know, at the moment, I think the panel is something like Andy Oliver, who is just a complete and utter legend. I would love to love <laughs> to have some of her goat curry, yeah. um, which is a bit legendary. You know, so she's kind of, I can never remember his name, Oliver Thingy Bob, um, who's a, a restaurant tours critics critic. Oh, the other chap whose name I cannot remember. Um, poor guy glasses, but again, really lovely. And they often play against each other, so you know they don't agree on stuff quite a lot of the no. time. And they'll quite happily bicker over, it and they'll say, "No, you're completely wrong. This is fantastic." <laughs> um, but they they come from different perspectives, so yeah. you know. But I think if you're doing stuff with professionally trained chefs, you do accept expect it to be of a certain standard. And if there are certain things that should be done in a particular way, so if someone serves me up a uh, shall we say a poached egg? Mm. I expect it to be um, silky and smooth, right. but also I don't expect it to be. I expect it to have a good amount of wobble. I don't expect it to be solid. Yeah, or snotty, if they call it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want it. You want it. an eggs are probably a really good example mm. of actually really finesse cooking because they're really bloody hard um, <laughs> to get to a really perfect level. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant there, wasn't it? I'm lost for words, Simon. (laughs) I have that effect on a lot of people. So, come Um, on, Kitchen Cringe from Simon. Right. um, You see a lot of adverts for, like, specific sorts of tools for different jobs. So, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a specific tool for how to uh, shape a piece of garlic into a portrait of the Virgin Mary or something like that. Something like that. It's usually like JCBTV or whatever it is. (laughs) And um, usually like Roger, Robert Dias or Wilkos or Dunham, mm. you see it like, welcome to the new garlic shaper. Do you want your garlic to look like the Virgin Mary? We've got a product for you, you gullible soul. <laughs> um, there are also these things called knives, right? Yes. And people seem to have lost both the memory of what a knife is for and their senses and have started cutting pizza with scissors. <laughs> It's wrong. <laughs> These are the kinds of depraved individuals who squeeze toothpaste tubes from the middle. I, you know, it's the same sort of thing. I'm sorry. You know, it, it's not. 
it's not a long kind of drop from there to you know um, heroin addicts and oh. conservative party membership. Oh, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not accusing you of being a Tory party member. Don't worry. You know, but no, I'll lend you that twenty quid for crack. Um, I, I just, I just wonder, what's the problem? <laughs> I think it may stem partly from the fact that kitchen scissors go routinely missing in my house. Ah, right. So um, and get used for other purposes. But also, there's a knife. I don't understand why kitchen scissors are necessary. But also, if I'm cutting a pizza, it's because it's bloody hot. <laughs> I'm using a knife and a chopping board because it's too hot to hold. If you're cutting a pizza with scissors, it's either not cooked through, or you've left it too long. You eat a pizza when it's hot, man. Unless you've left it till the next morning to cool down because cold pizza is also fantastic. In which case, you don't really care what I'm saying anyway. Let's be honest. If you're the kind of person that's eating cold pizza in the morning, my judgmental uh, attitude is not going to phase you. Oh, 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 steady on. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to say that if you eat cold pizza in the morning, you don't give a crap what anyone else thinks. Quite rightly so. You have reached peak self-confidence. It's all... Oh. It's all horses for courses in my book. Knives for some people. What about pizza cutter? I mean, why are you using a knife when you have a pizza cutter specially designed for the job? I don't have a pizza cutter. Oh, I'll um, get you one. It's not, no, no, it's not strictly two. My mum did bought me one. <laughs> and, um, I have got it somewhere. But I, you know what? I've got a knife that does it perfectly well. Absolutely. What you do is you, it's got this thing called like a point. It's usually situated at the end of the knife. And you put it down. Yeah, and then it's important to have a sharp knife. I think this is the thing. People try and slice it, and actually, that doesn't work. You need to press no, you down. You just and... drag all the filling, don't you? You just drag all the filling, and that's the thing. So most things, you would, um, you get much more cutting power if you slice, but with a pizza, you just drag the the filling out. So what you do, and then you you're like a guillotine, like the little ones that you cut paper with, not the ones that they use in the Reign of Terror. I don't know. I think um, knife scissors has the same effect. But if your scissors are if your scissors are being disappear are disappearing, then yeah, I would take uh, I would I would um, say give my scissors back, leave them alone, and have the use the knife. So yeah, so we kind of sort of agree with each other there, which is we need to stop doing this. Um... <laughs> I know we did last week as well. That's bad. Yeah, we'll find something. We'll find something that we disagree on. I. Th- think that's all we've got time for this week um but in the meantime do feel free to get in touch with us about anything at all food related obviously and any topics that you would like us to cover so you can email us on simon and joe foodcast at hotmail.com and find us on twitter at simon joe foodcast and of course there is our website because contact forms on there we'll be putting up more recipes soon sorry we haven't put loads up apologies but in the meantime bye-bye. bye bye bye